This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. I'm absolutely delighted to tell you that today we have a globally acclaimed doctor who's one of the most respected Maya doctors. Dr. Stossi has an incredible reputation all over the world, right from Hollywood to Bollywood. People know him, they respect him, and he's director of the prestigious Viva Maya at Maria Wirth in Austria. I am so delighted that we have Dr. Stossi with us today. Just to tell you a little bit about him, he combines modern Maya medicine and advanced diagnostics, holistic medical treatments, orthomolecular medicine, and meticulous diet plans. He graduated in 1987, and then he worked with Dr. Rauch, who studied under Dr. Maya himself. Here's one of the gems we've learned about in this chat. We should never forget we have the same number of nerve cells in the intestine and in the brain. We have the same transmitters in the intestine and in the brain. That's important too. And for example, serotonin, which is the most important substance we need in the brain to feel happy, lucky, and uh, really good, is 99% produced in the intestine. So we also can say if the intestine is happy, the rest can be happy too. And my first question to you will be, what is wellness to you? If we feel really well in a very holistic way, physically, mentally, emotionally, but also in our social contacts, that means we are people surrounded from family, from groups, and in what community we ever are integrated. I think that's the most important part to be in this holistic way, really feeling well and uh, being settled and, yeah, to feel perfect in all these different parts of our life. And you mentioned something which actually nobody's mentioned before, but you said to be part of a community. That is so important, I think, and we all realize that during lockdown, how important that is. That's one of the most important things. We also know and we have recognized in the medicine a huge change. We, as a medical doctors, we are trained mainly in pathologies. That means we learn how to treat different diseases. We know, especially now when we are talking about virus infection, we know the virus, the name of the virus, incubation, how to treat it. Sometimes we think we don't know it, but we would know it. So we are trained to treat people when they get sick and when they have a disease. But now there's a change in the medicine into salutogenesis. That means to look at people, what do they do if you have, let's say, uh, 60% infected from a virus? What are the others doing that they don't get infected? What is the secret of the 40%? And one of the most important things really to stay healthy is to be part of a community. This is what we know from many, many in the meanwhile investigations and science works. This being part of a uh, social unity is the most important to stay healthy. Now, 
there are many ideas about what a detox actually involves. So will you explain to us what is a detox? Look, detoxification is not a process you have to go to a center and then you detox and then you go home and the rest you do intoxication again. So detoxification is a process which happens every second of our life. For example, right now, when you inhale the oxygen, in the next moment, you exhale carbon dioxide. That's the end product of the metabolism. And of course, that's also a part of detoxification, because if you put too much carbon dioxide into our body, we will die. The same is uh, when you look at the intestine. Uh, the same is when you look at the urine. So we always have lifelong a process of intake and elimination. Otherwise, we couldn't survive. In 2016, the Nobel Prize was awarded to a group of Japanese researchers. And by the way, a lot of Austrians have been part of that research too. Uh, they named the process autophagia. Yeah? Autophagia. Yes. Okay. That means we have the possibility to eliminate substances we don't need anymore. For example, when we go to the toilet, we eliminate via the urine or via the stool those things we have any more useful for us. Uh, I wouldn't say they are, they are toxins, but these are the end products of the metabolism. And they also found that we have a genetic program to start this cleansing. And this program works in every single cell of our body. That means we have more or less in our genetic code the possibility of elimination. Otherwise, we can't survive. And wow. interestingly enough, the strongest stimulus of this process of cleansing and detoxification is fasting, which we use okay. as a strategy. And now we have to clarify what do we want to talk about. When we're talking about detoxification, it's a very unspecific general process. Mm -hmm. We eliminate those substances we don't use in our metabolism anymore. We can name many different metabolic byproducts. For example, if you produce energy, we produce a lot of so-called free radicals. And these free radicals, uh, they can irritate our whole metabolism. So they are kind of a toxin. So we have to detoxify these free radicals. If you produce uric acid as an end product of uh, protein metabolization, that somebody who has uh, gout knows the problems of uh, the high concentration of uric acid. So there are many different substances. And in our metabolism, we have for all of them, we have a process to eliminate them. And this is lifelong. But when we are now using, for example, fasting as a medical strategy, to help people to get rid of their diseases, yeah? mm -hmm. then we use fasting as medicine. And this is one of the strongest possibilities to help people. It's like a surgery without a knife. Yeah? But you need somebody who knows to use that knife of fasting uh, to help people in their, in their medical conditions. And that's the difference. So when we use fasting as medicine, what should it achieve for people? You said it's like medicine. Yes. So first of all, everybody, as long as he feels healthy and, and fit, everybody can use fasting to improve its own health. Very simple. For example, when we do about fasting, when we talk about fasting, we have to talk about nutrition, intake of food and also elimination. So the diet is important, but more important is the way of eating and the rhythm again. One of the simple things these uh, researchers found that intermittent fasting would help to stay healthy. But this is the same 
in other modern words than our fathers and grandparents have told us, eat more in the morning, have uh, breakfast like a king, lunch like a citizen, and uh, your dinner like a popper. We know about that written. We also have a science in a medicine called chronobiological medicine, where we, we do some research about how written influences our life, and especially health and diseases. And we also know from the intestine that we have in written more capacity in the morning, less capacity to digest food in the evening. I know this is against our rules and against our habits when we go to friends, when we sit together with the family, when we are partying or when we have a business dinner, we always eat mainly too late and too much in the evening. That is a process where we produce a lot of toxins. If you do it in the other way around, if you eat less in the evening, you allow the body to eliminate during the night hours, which is one of the most important things. Because during the night, you are able to eliminate, you are able to metabolize what you have taken during the day, and the liver is very active for detoxification in the, in the night hours. And in the morning, you go to the toilet, you eliminate the stool, you eliminate the urine, and the end product of this detoxification is then eliminated and given away from the body. So this is a very simple strategy everybody can do. What we use in fasting, we intensivate this simple process so you don't get a lot of heat and we open all the valves that people are able to eliminate via the intestine and the urine and the skin and other things. But the principles are always the same. In a very mild form, everybody can do it. In a very intensive form, to treat diseases, you need a guide, um, a doctor who is familiar with fasting. Basically, what you teach us and what you've taught at Mayer is that have heavy meals in the morning and lighter meals in the evening. Absolutely and, right. And Dr. Stossi, everyone laughs at me when I do that. <laughs> we go out for dinners and everyone laughs and thinks I'm a little crazy <clears throat> because I'm sitting yeah. there and trying to not eat and they get worried about what I'm like. Congratulations and uh, stay crazy. <laughs> I'm sure you will be healthier on the long-term effect because this is a natural principle. Nobody has the capacity to digest heavy foods in the evening. So what will happen? When you have eaten more carbohydrates, you produce a lot of fermentation because sugar will be fermented by the intestinal bacteria, and the result will be alcohol. If you eat more protein, the result will be other bacteria, they are metabolizing the protein. By beautifaction, you produce a lot of toxins, mainly histamine, for example. And if you look now, histamine is um, the main substance of inflammatory processes, but also allergies. We have an increased number of people suffering from allergies, especially food intolerances mm -hmm. in the last mm -hmm. couple of years. Yes. This is not because the food is so bad. This is, sorry to say, because people are so stupid and they eat a lot of wrong foods at the wrong time and too much of that. That gets me to what I was going to ask you next. What happens when our bodies aren't clean, when we've got too much of the toxins inside our body? What impact does it have on how we feel physically and mentally? So it depends what you are creating. Uh, for example, fermentation, too many carbohydrates. You get a lot of gas in the belly. You get maybe some dysbiosis. That means candida can grow in the intestine and produces a lot of alcohol. At the end of the day, everybody knows the effect of alcohol. And uh, concentration will be reduced. Your focus will be not the same as before. Uh, many people, they report they have a brain fog, for example. If it's for a longer period of time and you are not able to eliminate that kind of toxins, they can be stored 
for example, around the ankles and you get some inflammatory processes there and you feel some pain or you get a disease called fibromyalgia. That means only you have some pain and we don't know where it's from. How somebody reacts depends on the weak points we all have. Everybody has some weak points and depending on where it is, you will get your complaints. Also, the brain will be involved in that. Concentration will be reduced. We also have chronic inflammatory processes in the brain and uh, depression will be also uh, one of the possibilities people can react. And again, we have a saying, intestine is the father of the bad mood. Mm -hmm. That means also we have a very close relation between the situation in the intestine and the brain. And we should never forget we have the same number of nerve cells in the intestine and in the brain. We have the same transmitters Mm -hmm. in the intestine and in the brain. That's important too. And for example, serotonin, which is the most important substance we need in the brain to feel happy, lucky, and uh, really good, is 99% produced in the intestine. So we also can say if the intestine is happy, the rest can be happy too. And we also know that we have a very strong link to brain-gut axis. And if we have some irritations in the intestine, we also have that in the brain. So that's always linked. So you're saying that that without taking medicines, you can help people who have mental issues. That's absolutely right. I wouldn't say we can we can save everybody. That's that would be an illusion. We have very often the situation that the people are complaining about bad mood, sleeping disorders, bloated belly. Mm-hmm. And especially when they eat healthy food. So, uh, for example, fruits. And we know the biochemical reaction of that is because of the malabsorption of fructose. You get a fermentation in the intestine and you complex tryptophan, which is the amino acid to build serotonin. And especially those who think they eat so healthy, and if they overdo it, and if they have this fructose malabsorption, they can create uh, depressive disorders. And also, interestingly enough, we see that very often related to parasite infections of the intestine. So yes, we have a very strong relation between mood swings, depressive disorders, or let's say mental irritations in general, and also um, intestinal problems. So tell me, for that, tell me about something that happened, because you've probably, you've seen so many people, right? Give us an example of sometime, something that you could help where people came and said, you know, nothing's happening, no one can help me. <clears throat> Give us one of those. I'm sure you have a few of those. In the last days, I had a, a young lady uh, suffering from, on one side from um, an eating uh, problem, eating disorder when she was uh, younger. But uh, actually, she had some intestinal problem, always the feeling she can't digest the food perfectly, feeling tired, feeling less concentrated and not able to to work properly as she was used before. And this was new to her and she also felt some discomfort, I would say, in the the stomach, uh, some kind of acidity, but not that much. In the examination, uh, we saw that the belly was really bloated. And when you ask, are there some irritations? Of course, when you do an examination, according to Maya, you feel how the intestine really reacts, especially when you provoke it a little bit. And um, in the muscle testing, very quickly, we saw the foot intolerance. Very quickly, we saw a parasite infection. And um, then we saw also that in the hormonal system, the pineal gland was uh, totally weak. This is then the exhaustion from the production of the serotonin 
And also the melatonin is the result of that uh, produced also in the pineal gland in the evening hours um, to rhythmize the body and to sleep well. And uh, at the end of the day, the therapy is really simple. We have to treat the parasites, avoid the foods which are intolerant, and uh, support people with the minerals and vitamins and trace elements necessary for the whole metabolism. For a couple of weeks and uh, maybe months, stay away from the food which is actually intolerant. And how long did it take you to help her, to help this young lady? Look, the diagnosis is not the problem because that uh, can be done very quickly. The therapy takes more time. Uh, the, the diet has to be followed for at least mm. four to eight weeks. And mm. of course, when you do the diet and also if you have some dysbiosis in the intestine, the parasite, for example, doesn't say, look, it was nice to be here. Thank mm. you for offering me this uh, very nice place. Uh, on the way out, they can create a lot of problems, a lot of irritations can happen because the toxins produced by them, they have to be eliminated. And this is also what people always forget. They think the therapy is wrong, they don't feel well. No, they have to learn that detoxification is an active process of the organism. And sometimes, yes, you can have some reactions from the detoxification itself. Tell us about things like sleep and how that is in your system. Is it important that they sleep a lot when you make them detox? During the process of detoxification, yeah, people feel more tired, which is very normal. Um, they sleep a little bit more, yes, in the acute situation. But if the body is cleansed, you sleep less, you are fitter in the mornings, you don't need that much sleep, yeah? Concentration will be better, the activity levels is better. So you feel more active when you have detoxified. Tiredness is often a sign, especially that the liver is not working or is, you put an overload on toxins on the liver and the liver can't handle them totally. And tiredness, we could say, is the pain of the liver. So we have always to look at the liver if, if that works. But you also see this is not always a problem of toxins we produce inside of our organism. I've been a uh, few days ago on a uh, conference for environmental medicine, and you mm -hmm. see the same reactions on environmental toxins. But most of these toxins, they are, <clears throat> I would say, from the fat-soluble uh, area, they... they irritate the nerve cells again, they irritate the brain, the intestine. If you have um, industrial toxins, uh, chlor products, or yeah. you have okay. uh, carbon products, or you have uh, plastic, you have some alcohols, uh, some cleaning products, many different toxins. We produce more than 2,000 substances uh, every year, new substances every year, and we don't have enough possibility to metabolize them. I would say a genetical weakness in the detoxification. That means if you have really severe problems with some substances, it could be that your enzymes in the liver are not able to handle them as others can do that. And this is again an indication for you then to take lifelong supplements to support the liver, like antioxidants or an enzyme support or different trace elements. That has to be clarified and very individualized. Okay. So you're saying antioxidants, depending on what your situation is, you may need to take them or you may not need to take them. Look, antioxidants are important for all of us. For some of us are really essential. As long as we breathe in a normal situation, yeah, 
we can handle that easily. We breathe, we inhale the oxygen, we exhale the carbon dioxide, we produce a few free radicals which we can neutralize with the antioxidants of our food and so on. That's not really a big problem. But if you do, for example, sport, and that starts also with kids, when they are in a, uh, let's say, in a group or if they play any games in a, in a society, whatever, they always try to do it in their best way. That means everybody is going on its limit. And when we go on our limits, then we produce more of these three radicals. But we don't have enough antioxidants in that situation. Then. And so slowly, step by step, we increase the number of free radicals in our body. And so we need more antioxidants. Or if somebody, especially we are talking about detoxification, as long as we are not able to detoxify the acidities of the daily routine, then mm -hmm. we produce more toxins in the liver, we need more antioxidants. So it depends a little bit on our lifestyle, how much we need. This is Anshu Bahanda. You can find our podcast, Wellness Curated, on Apple, Spotify, and a host of other channels. We eat less when we're doing a detox. What about how do we actually do it mentally and emotionally? What would you you know, Look, tell people to do there yeah. if they're doing it at home. Look, the most important, if you, wherever you do it, if you do it at home or in a clinic more intensively and so on, the most important is your decision. That means if you decide to do that, then it's absolutely easy. Mm -hmm. If you decide to eat, you are not able to fast because then you want to eat. And if you are not getting enough food and... Um, then you are not able to, to eliminate as you like. And then you will feel hunger and that doesn't work. Then it's stress for the body. But if you say, look, yes, I want to do that. I realize it's important for me, for example, not to eat salads in the evening. A very mm -hmm. simple decision. Mm -hmm. If you decide to do that, then it's very simple not to eat the salads in the evening because you know it helps you, it keeps you fit and um, it helps your intestine uh, to work during the night hours. It doesn't produce a lot of alcohol for the liver and so on. This is clear to you and you have done it. So the decision is the most important. But of course, if you then go through the process of detoxification, it's not only an a, a physical cleansing, exactly. it's also an emotional cleansing. Mm -hmm. You get like a mirror to look in the inside of your body. Yeah, You can look into the innest rooms of your emotions, of your mental situation, and we have many, many guests, they, are, they know that, and they use exactly that uh, reaction to get, uh, let's say, their brain clear, to get more fitness, more concentration. They know they have a lot of, I would say, stress in their job. And to keep their availabilities, their possibilities, their creativity, whatever they do, they need this emotional cleansing. And I like to give an example of one of my my patients who did uh, every year he came uh, for a three week or even sometimes longer detox process and uh, he always started with very intensive forms of fasting and i said look your belly is much better you could have some more food and he said no i have to wait because i don't have the night of my nights and i said what is the night of mm -hmm. your nights and he said this is the night where i have some bad dreams i'm really angry, I'm shouting, it's very aggressive, I can't sleep and I turn around many times and as long as I don't have this night, I know the cleansing is not intensive enough. 
two days oh, wow. later he came and he said, now I want to have some food because I had the night of my nights. And oh, yes. so we started again. So the emotional cleansing, I think, is yeah. one of the most important things because whatever we do in Maya therapies, we want to re-educate the eating habits. And that's also an emotional process. Again, it's your decision to eat slowly, to chew well, to take time for your meals. It's your decision. You can't do it for anybody else. I can't chew for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. 3,000 years ago in Egypt, yeah. you had some people that chewed for you, uh, but only for one or two persons at that time. But in our days, you have to chew by yourself. So again, it's your decision. So the most important is your brain and what you have realized for you to stay healthy. But Dr. Stossi, so for, the, for our audience, for people who are listening, they all want to know how to do this. Yeah. So first, I want you to tell them, how do they prepare for it at home? If they're doing this at home, how do they prepare for it before they go into it? The problem is people always say diet start tomorrow. No, it starts the right now, today. As long as you are in your, I would say, plus minus healthy situation. When you want to go to a center or when you want to do that to treat a disease, of course, then please take contact with a physician who is familiar with all these procedures. And then you will, will be advised to prepare yourself for that process. And then you start eating less in the evening, you drink a bit more, you start with the cleansing of the intestine and uh, you go to bed a bit earlier and so on. Of course, there are a lot of possibilities. You can do a damp compress for the liver to help the liver in the night hours. Uh, all these things are really helpful, yes, uh, but not necessary if you want to help yourself uh, with an mild form of uh, detoxification, which I would suggest is more or less a healthy lifestyle. Can you talk us through how someone would detox at home? The, the process, you know, the whole process, because I find, I find it very difficult to do it at home. First of all, start at the weekend, because then you have more time to stay at home and uh, allow the body to react. Then, of course, prepare yourself what kind of food and what kind of meals you would like to have for the weekend. Make sure that you have enough time and create a routine in advance that you know this is, for example, breakfast time, this is lunch time, this is the evening time, and also what you want to do in between, because it's also important to have maybe an hour to have a walk around or to rest after the meal and so on. That, that would be nice to have. Then make sure that you drink a little bit more. And a little bit more we need in, in our daily routine. We would need, let's say, two liters. And minimum during the process of detoxification is three liters. But liquid, liquid is water, herbal tea, milk, fruit juices, coffee, alcohol doesn't count as liquid. These are liquid foods we have to metabolize and to digest. So that doesn't work. Principle of, of eating, eat slowly, chew well. Take time okay. for your meals, enjoy your meal and stop when you feel it's enough. For breakfast, you can have, I would say, a mild form of, uh, you can have some bread, you can have some butter, you can take some, some vegetables. Uh, okay. If you like to have some warm dishes in the morning, you can have a porridge, you can have a soup, but then make uh, additionally, take a bread to chew the, the bread before you have the soup. So depending what you like to have. For lunch, I would recommend some food combining. That means you have either fish and vegetables or you have some um, vegetarian meals 
or if you like to have some meat and vegetables, not, not every day meat and fish because you shouldn't have too much protein. And the evening, if possible, only a tea or maybe a clear soup, a broth, or a maximum a vegetable soup and a piece of bread which you have to chew again. And the bread shouldn't be a very fresh one. It could be an old one that's better to chew, to train the chewing. So that could be, for example, one day. In between, some physical activities are very helpful. So have a walk, maybe in the afternoon for an hour, fresh air, great. I wouldn't recommend to do too intensive gyms and so on because that could be too much. Take time to relax. If you have a bath, you can take a bath at home. A shower is not the same. If you can enjoy a bath, it would be better. If you have the possibility to go into the sauna or to have steam, it could be really supportive for that. It, it helps a lot to detoxify. If you have the chance to get a massage, would be nice to have. So that could be, for example, a day which you can do at home. And for how long? How many days? It depends. You can do it in two ways. When you do, for example, a week or 10 days at home, it's helpful. You also can do intermittent fasting would also mean one day a week, not the most intensive day of the week where you have to work and so on, but you can do one day a week. If you do that the whole year, you have 52 days. How long do oh, you stay okay. at the moment? Six days, seven days. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there are a few more which you can do during the year. And uh, that helps the body really to stay healthy because you have a routine where you every week allow the body to eliminate the toxins. That's what you want to do later once you've done an intense program. Is that right? This is also what we recommend people when they have been to one of our centers, then they, um, they can uh, do their follow-ups one day as a fasting day or a cleansing day at home. Yes. And would it be safe for people to do it at home for a week? As long as you are more or less healthy and you don't suffer from severe problems, I would say, yes, it's safe. If you want to treat any disease, if you want to get rid of any complaints, then it makes sense to uh, ask a physician to help you with that. And if they're doing a week, say, how often should they do it? Every six <clears throat> months? Every three months? I would recommend once a year. A period of fasting which should be three or four weeks. This is, I think, it makes sense to do that. If you don't have uh, one period where you can manage that for three to four weeks, you can separate it. You can do one week every three months. But it's a bit more difficult. And the long-term effect, for example, if you do a therapy for three weeks, the long-term effect is much better than three times one week when we want to treat people with different diseases. I think then I would prefer um, to have them for three to four weeks together and then the continuation at home. And would you tell them that don't have gluten, dairy, don't have eggs? No. If somebody really has a problem with food intolerances, that has to be clarified prior to the therapy and prior to the fasting. Of course, we should know if there's a food intolerance. This is the reason we have integrated the functional muscle testing into the modern myomedicine to know that very quickly. And for us, it's very simple uh, to detect these food interferences. So okay. it's absolutely okay. If you are okay with gluten, then take the gluten. If you're okay with dairy, take that. If it's your decision not to eat it, I, for me, it's okay too. It's not a must. It's a possibility.
And are there supplements that you would tell them that, okay, if you're doing this, take this? Like, would you tell them to take a general vitamin? One of the most important things when you go through a period of fasting and cleansing, also at home, is to look at alkaline acidity balance. We have mainly problems with acid, not so much with alkaline situation. We have a lot of, I would say, metabolic um, protection against hyperacidity, not against hyperalkalinity. So what we use in all cases of detoxification is a kind of alkaline powder called base powder. It's a mixture of sodium bicarbonate, calcium, magnesium, potassium, so the most important minerals. And this, I think, will be important also for those who go through this process at home, not to turn too much into the acid side. And also the antioxidants, if necessary, would be great to have. But the most important is to avoid hyperacidity. Food-wise, you also can manage that. For example, you have the acidity mainly in meat, fish, and cheese, and the alkaline food is the vegetables and the potatoes. So you can balance that also when you have more alkaline food, two parts alkaline food, one part acid food. And if you go through a process of cleansing, it makes sense to eat more alkaline food. So it doesn't make uh, sense to eat a lot of meat, fish, cheese, and so on during that period, uh, less from the amount, and for sure not every day. So it's not a problem to do an alkaline diet uh, for a week. Okay, wonderful. Do you have any advice for our listeners? The most important in nutrition and also what we train people in Maya therapy is the eating habit itself. To eat slowly, to chew well, to take time for your meals. You can try to do it once and you immediately feel the difference to a situation where you are stressed, have no time to eat, you are hungry, you, you eat this really excellent food without paying respect and nutrition and also detoxification is also to pay respect first of all to the nature which brought all these wonderful foods to us which we have to pay respect to people prepared them with a lot yes. of intention love and so on but most important to pay respect to yourself because i think we should be worse to be nourished in the best way yeah, to be mindful. Yeah, and I love what you said about be kind to yourself as well, not just to everyone else. So what about the alkaline food that they can eat? Nearly all the vegetables are on the alkaline side. The potatoes are on the alkaline side. Really important for all of us, the cold-pressed vegetable oils. But it has to be cold-pressed, not the industrial-prepared oils. They are on the alkaline side. The ripe fruits, milk, and also cream is on the alkaline side. On the acid side, you will find the protein-containing food like meat, fish, cheese, legumes have a lot of protein and are very much on the acid side. So try to compensate one-third acid food, two-thirds alkaline food. That would be great to have. How can they sleep better? First of all, to regulate sleep, we have to reduce the body temperature during the night hours. And this is only about 0.5 degrees Celsius. You think that's not so much and easy to do, so open the window. Yes, one possibility, but that doesn't reduce the core temperature of the body. We also know that we calculate food in calories, a unit of temperature. So if you eat less food in the evening, you eat less calories, it is less temperature, and it will be easier for you to reduce the body temperature in the evening. So eat less, one of the simplest things. Second, avoid raw things, because when you turn these raw things into a fermentation process, it increases the body temperature. So then it will be not 
possible, it will be even difficult to reduce the body temperature and to produce enough melatonin and serotonin. So that's one of the simplest things, eat less and avoid everything raw in the evening. To fall into sleep better, melatonin could be helpful. This is a supplement you can get in different health food stores, pharmacies. This is the substance we need to regulate our sleep. Sleeping pattern depends on how much and when we produce the melatonin. This is metabolized from an amino acid called tryptophan, which you also can use, but melatonin works much better and quicker and faster. You also can do what the Asian countries and uh, the Japanese especially do. You can take a hot shower or a hot bath in the evening, which helps you to reduce the temperature and you also can do that in a milder form to support the liver you can do a damp compress on the liver that means a hot water bottle with a cold wet towel on the right rib cage where the liver is located wonderful and you were talking about melatonin it's yep. safe to have melatonin melatonin is absolutely safe it's a substance we all of us we are producing this melatonin in the pineal gland the melatonin has no feedback that means when you take the melatonin as a supplement you don't produce less so it is absolutely okay to have that and it's simple to take it in the evening before you go to bed not in the morning except you want to sleep in the morning thank you that was wonderful i think you're going to help a lot of people today thanks for joining us hope you enjoyed the wellness curated podcast Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it and here's to you leading your best life. Mm-hmm.